We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, everybody. Oh, my goodness. And welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter-Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. Gabe, listen, hey, you know, we haven't we haven't connected because you went to your first WNBA draft up there in New York. I went to the final four. We were both at the final four. So it's been a, a busy couple of weeks here, but I don't even know where to start. To tell you the truth, tell you the honest truth, there's so much to talk about, but I, you know, I guess we have to start with the final four and and the championship game and the lingeries after that mm-hmm. <laughs> that carried over about women's basketball 10 million viewers 10 million viewers there were 20,000 people in the arena i'm just a round up okay it was over 19,000 close to yeah, 20,000 so close 20, folks were up in that thing and it was so ridiculously exciting it was fire the whole tournament was fire but the final four was insanely good I thought it was, I thought it was the, well, I've only been to two, but yeah. of the ones I've watched, it, it was my favorite uh, just because yeah. the stadium was electric. I mean, I thought when every good. game really, I, Iowa and I mean, Virginia Tech and LSU, great, great crowd. Then you get to Iowa, South Carolina, which was a legendary, uh, just a legend, the, the greatest basketball game I've ever been to. Um, yeah. And then you get to LSU, Iowa, which was another just amazing crowd, amazing environment. And just yeah. a showcase for women's basketball. I, I think a lot of people got to see what we've been telling them, right? Like, yeah. just sit down and watch it. I promise you, just sit down and watch it. You're going to yeah. have a good time. And a lot of people did. And now, you know, I have people coming up to me and talking yeah. to me like, oh, they know I work in basketball. So now I get to talk a lot. If you are always <laughs> like, hey, who's Caitlin Clark? Who's Angel Reese? Who are all these people? They all have opinions about it, which I yeah. think is just phenomenal for the sport. It is. And I mean, you know, it was incredible numbers incredible momentum for the sport of women's basketball, but also incredible momentum for women in general 
to show themselves on that stage and for people not only to talk about it, but respect it and sit and watch all the games, right? Um, but 10 million. I was just blown away by by all those numbers and just the growth, the continued respect that women's basketball has earned, okay, over time. And, you know, every March, you know, having played in the Final Four eons ago, um, it, it was it still exciting for me. I am uh, a minute ago. But for me, and I haven't posted anything about this because some things I like to keep to myself. Um, you know, people don't really believe that. They think I post everything that happens to me, and I definitely don't. Um, but I haven't posted this yet. And I don't even know if I told you this because I saw you in passing a couple times there, but I don't even know if I told you this. But man, I, I ran into Cheryl Miller, Gabe, and I, I totally internally passed out. Like, just because... You know, just uh, just what she did for women's basketball when she came through and her error and to have her in the house, like she walked right past me. And lucky I was turning and speaking to someone this way because she walked right past and I would have missed her had I been engaged in, you know, in what was going yeah. on. But for me, you know, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always everywhere um, with my surroundings. But I was talking and I looked up and I was like, no way. And just everything from that moment for the next 10 minutes was slow motion and surreal. And I was 10 years old again. And I hadn't met her thousands of, not thousands, maybe I met her probably 10 times in total. One time I met her when I was uh, in high school, um, you know, and I met her then. And that was my first time I had pictures with her and everything. It was like fangirl. And then um, a couple of times when she was, um, coaching in the WNBA with Phoenix is my girl, Monique Ambers, if you're watching, that's my dog. Um, she actually played for Cheryl Miller, which I was just like, oh my God, you get to be around her every day. Like, um, But anyway, just over the years, just as a broadcaster, she was actually a broadcaster. She was uh, an analyst on the game that I played in in the Final Four, which kind of led me to be in broadcasting, seeing her sitting there and almost getting knocked in the head with the ball in the, in the layup line because I was freaking out that she was sitting there. But anyway, um, I digress just for a moment, but um, it, that's what it's all about. You know, the yes. growth. When I'm talking about the growth of women's basketball, it's on the shoulders of people like Cheryl Miller who engaged me full on and let me hug her and hold her and cry my eyes out um, in a happy, joyful uh, way. It was insane. Insane. And then she grabbed my arm and took me over to where her phone was so she could take the picture on her phone. Aww. And I was just like, oh my God, Cheryl Miller's grabbing me by the, by the freaking arm. Um, but it was just like, it was like we were the only people in the arena at that point. And we were 20,000 people in there. But for me, I was 10 years old, 12 years old, whatever. And having her do that, I, it was it was a moment I'll never forget. I will post about it, but I just haven't been able to gather my thoughts about what that truly meant. But I, I always said, if I ever see her again, I was going to tell her how impactful she was in my life. Um, and it sounds like so major and, and dramatic. It is but, though. But it really was like for me. And I'm, I'm at the point now I'm telling you the flat out truth. I'm not going to lie to people. I'm not going to say things that I don't mean. Um, and so just to bump into her that way uh, and, and like just turn and see her and like just fall out um, internally. Like I, it was, um, it was quite a moment, but for me to be able to tell her that, to her face and I've thought it before, but I just didn't have the gumption um, years ago to be able to yeah. tell her or form my thoughts to tell her that. But I said, man, if I ever see her again, I'm telling her that. Um, so if you ever have thoughts in that way about people who've impacted your life, tell them on the spot, okay? Because I'm so grateful 
to have had that moment in Dallas. So on top of all the, the basketball games and, you know, the interactions with the players and the coaches and, and seeing them in that moment and, and reflecting on, on what that moment was for me as a student athlete, um, you know, it was just an amazing, I'm still decompressing from it, yeah. to be honest. Um, but to top everything off, to, to see and, and reconnect and tell Cheryl Miller, thank you. Man, I, I'm so full and I, I just can't even quantify um, what that moment meant for me personally in general. But with Cheryl Miller, just, I mean, just, I don't know, just high volume, high volume joy. Oh, it gives me a lot of joy to hear you tell it. Like, I'm really happy you shared that. And, you know, I think there's definitely young women and, and men out there that are looking up to you and you're going to, they're going to have the same story. So it's like this, it's like a coaching tree, right? Like yeah, Cheryl yeah. Miller got you in, you know, you probably got someone else in, they're going to get someone else in. Like we, it, it, Deja Kelly was at the WNBA draft. That's all I could think about really was like, you know, yeah. this young woman at some point when she's done playing basketball, which is hopefully a very long time from now, she's going <laughs> to yes. be doing what Christy does. And she's going to be hopefully looking up to Christy in order to, in order to learn how to do it and do it right. And I just think yeah. that's, that was really cool. But that is like the best part of yeah. these two weeks, honestly. I mean, I, you know, we love hoops. We love watching basketball, but it's to do it and, and be able to do it with people and, and talk yeah. about it with people who yeah. love it just as much as you do. Like, you know, running into coaches at the final four was just like, you know, I, I had to keep my cool, but like, you know, meeting Mike neighbors is a big deal for me. I watch a lot of Mike neighbors coaching I tapes. I love like, Mike neighbors stuff. Yeah. And he couldn't have been nicer. You know, he loved, I had a Kelsey Plum shirt on the one with her smoking a cigar and he loved that. And like, you know, I, it's just like, it was so cool to just have make genuine connections with people just purely about basketball. Right. Um, and then you, and you get to know people, right. You know, you yes. see, Hey, we're, we're like, do it. We like the same stuff even outside of this, which um, yeah. that was, I think that you, what you just said though, like that story, like that is the best part of the final four from Full a media circle. perspective. Full circle. And you know, the Dallas wings had a party as well. And Nancy Lieberman was there. I'm just yeah, like pitching myself. I'm like, you know, being in the same space with, you know, Rike Gumbawale, also, you know, and then you have Nancy Lieberman, just to, you know, the, the full all encompassing um, generational joy of that was was really spectacular. And again, I haven't decompressed everything, but gosh, man, it was uh, for me, it was like basketball heaven. Like I was just in my complete element and obviously in the gym is where I love to be. But just to have all those other layers to it was just phenomenal for me. Um it was just fantastic. I can't even put it in any other way. So, but it was, it was a, a great week. I know tactically speaking, I guess we can um, dissect sure. what went on in the semifinal games first. Sure. Um, Where do you, which one do you want to start it with? I, I, I want to start with the Virginia tech game. Um, okay. LSU. I thought that game was, was pretty phenomenal in terms of how it, um, how it unfolded and how it changed. I mean, there was like, I think there were like five different games within that whole yes, game. Um, just tactically, I think that when you have a, a team like um, Kenny Brooks had, you know, with Amor and obviously um, with what she was able to do and, and people understanding that it wasn't just about Elizabeth Kitley, although she is outstanding player. She was great. Um, it wasn't just her. I mean, they had such a balance of of production um, but when they went to that zone it really caused problems for LSU they got themselves back in the game what did you see um in the I, I think five layers of of game that that was uh the zone worked and then I yeah. think 
I don't know. I don't know. And and like you get to this point, right? And it's just so tough mm-hmm. because your whole entire season comes down to a decision here, a decision there, a basket here, yeah. a basket there. And we'll talk about South Carolina. I, I think, um, you know, there's so many ways that, that both teams' strategies could have gone wrong, mm-hmm. could have changed, right? Hey, LSU misses like one more shot. Then we're talking about how genius Kenny Brooks was the entire game. <laughs> to me, I just thought he could have stayed in the zone a little bit longer. Um, yeah. It's really yeah. easy to coach after the fact. Of Super course. easy to coach. Super Always. easy to coach after, <laughs> but I did think you know they they LSU hit a couple shots, but then they you know I think the zone was still working. They could have gotten a little bit more out of it, and just like yeah. the depth of of Virginia Tech, I think came back to to hurt them. And it's not you know it's yeah. not their fault that they yeah. really only played six players. Those are the six players that were ready to play and and um, available for them, and that had been integrated into the system. You know, one of those players was supposed to be Ashley Wooster. She was never integrated and then kind of took herself out of took herself out of the situation altogether. Um, But, you know, I think they just came back to bite them. Like they said, six and a half players and then they got a little foul trouble at the end. Kitley got a little tired at the end. They're playing a team that's big, physical and deep. And I think they just kind of ran out of gas. But to me, I I think um, the way Virginia Tech carried themselves in this tournament uh, and I actually got a chance to tell Coach Brooks this after the press conference. I thought the way they carried themselves was just like oh, phenomenal and inspiring. Yeah. And like, it was something that I, w- I would hope that a team that I am a part of at some point can do, whether it's in basketball mm-hmm. or anything. Like I think yeah. they carried themselves with such togetherness and, and um, thoughtfulness yeah. and really put that into the way they played basketball. Um, yes. In that game though, they just ran into a team that, you know, maybe they were a little bit better. Maybe they're a little bit more talented. Maybe they had a little bit more players and maybe they had a coach that has been there before. Right. And that uh, matters. That matters a ton. So I think LSU deserves a ton of credit. I just love what Virginia Tech did all season. And, and we're talking, and again, it's talking a couple bounces of the ball between Virginia Tech being in the in the national championship and, and LSU yeah. being in the national championship. Yeah. And I mean, shout out Kenny Brooks, man, if you're listening. That's my guy. I mean, he won um, back-to-back-to-back titles um, when JMU was in the CAA and mm-hmm. just had a, a phenomenal run there in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, it took the reins over at Virginia Tech at a number one seed this year for the first time ever in the history for the Hokies. Um, just a lot of respect for him and, and his body of work over the years. So um, just to see them battle that way. And like you said, the depth wasn't there for Virginia Tech. So, I mean, having gone through your f- first year as a coach huh. this year, okay? So just, I, and I know, okay, everyone has the their own way and their own thoughts and um, their own reasoning. Okay. Um, Whether you've coached for a year or you've coached for a longer period of time. um, At what point um, during that second half, when you saw that shots weren't falling for your group, if that's you, if you're coaching Virginia tech and and not saying that whatever Kenny did was wrong because he, he did it right. Okay. He did right by his kids. That's his choice. And that's how he does it. Not second guessing it, but I just want to see, um, what your opinion is on this. Like if you have uh, players on the bench who probably, I mean, you don't know if they can help or not. Okay. You don't know if you're going to help or not. Um, but, but you know, if they can help see or your not, kids. Though. Well, maybe, but you don't know. If in the, in, you moment. see it in practice. Okay. But if you, so, so, so we, we had, we ended up in the same shots. exact situation. Yeah. We, we ended up at like our team. Uh, we had two injuries. Close yeah. to the end of the year, we're playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had six 
guys actually it was like it was it was like kenny we had yeah. 6.5 really um, okay. of guys That's that hard. you know have been in the system that can mm -hmm. play and that can keep up and have played in games i think you gotta trust the people that you trust um well and like ashley Wooster was not on the bench in the second half because she got kicked off the bench um oh what was the story on that i didn't get to she got kicked off the bench. i thought I it was know. on her i thought she didn't come back to the bench or something she was um, not well, we don't have I've to. Heard, talk. I mean, if it's something that I've heard Twitter rumors, so I haven't heard anything okay. concrete. I, I okay. kind of heard you know that part. Asked to leave um, because she was getting a little too friendly with uh, her her old buddy Angel Reese over at LSU. That may have been because she did say something. That just confirmed that she did say like Angel said something like "Tell him Ashley," um, and so mm -hmm. there was a there was a moment okay. there. Let me get um, my pinky out. Continue. But so I, it, Ashley wasn't there, and I would not. And, and frankly, I wouldn't put her in. I can't. You know, I I have to. That happened. Like, oh. yeah. You ever heard? You, you've heard the saying. You got to dance with the one who brung you. Yeah. You got. You got to go with the. If I'm going out, Even I'm going tight. out with my players. <laughs> but you know. But hey, we win or lose. The other team's Still tired here. too. Still We've here. done this all year. Yeah. We're gonna run the plays that we run. We're gonna right. do the stuff that we do, we do and it. we're gonna win or lose because of us and, and if I you do that i think for, and virginia tech left yeah. heads held high not yeah. feeling like they accomplished the great thing they accomplished yeah um I and i think that was I, I think that was important so no I, I don't try i wouldn't try can't try things there that's not the time to try things can't try you know, it. You can't. but isn't it it's not a, it's not throw the kitchen sink we're we're you know we're losing momentum here and you look down the bench you see 10 bodies and you don't want to tap in any of them I mean, if I know who, but you know, you like just, at all. You know. Chris, I mean, I you know. I feel you. I'm just testing the waters with you. I feel I I agree with you, and I probably wasn't as chancy either as a coach. Um, but I just wanted to see what I just wanted to gauge your emotion um, when it feels like the game is slipping away, and you know your kids are fatigued. And I know you could call timeouts for fatigue. You know, you've you've come down empty five yeah. straight off of possessions LSU has scored on three of their last five possessions and you're not getting stops and you're not getting buckets and you know your kids are tired and you look down the bench like man can somebody give me two minutes of plug a plug a you know but you, you know that pulling the boat right like you've seen them every day since June you know you know who's gonna contribute you. And the only actually, there was another um, interesting criticism of Kenya we could get into of him not calling a timeout actually late uh, in that game. You know, LSU had gone on a couple of runs. I think he called a yeah. timeout early in the fourth and yeah. didn't really call one until the end. Um, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm actually team pro. I'm pro not calling a timeout at least for Same. them specifically, right? Same. Because and I asked him about the game afterwards. I was like, you know, hey, what does it mean that your coach trusts you in that situation mm -hmm. and, and to not call a timeout and to not stop yeah. the game? I yeah. spoke to players and and Kenny this, and they were like, "It's so important. Like, we need that trust is what built this program. Like that that is why we're here is because he trusts us in those moments." So yeah. I thought I thought it was the right decision, and and you gotta go for what you've done all year. But That's I thought right. that was like, "Hey, I'm not gonna maybe you call a timeout, maybe you don't. Maybe, I don't think it really changes sure. the fact that the other team has more bodies and they knocked you out of the zone already, and now yeah. things are kind of going downhill, and then it's quicksand, and you're pressing on off. I don't think that changes it that much. Okay. Okay. And I hear you. And I, and I, I, you know, I was not a proponent. You know, I told you I always try to keep at least three timeouts in my back pocket because bump mm -hmm. that you're going to have to figure it out. 
um, you know, look over at me, come over to me at, at free throws, you mm -hmm. know, and we can iron some things out that way and use it as a pseudo timeout. Like, you know, no, I, I definitely agree with keeping some in, in your pocket and, and having your players and trusting your players, but having your players mentally go through it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and make a read. I think one of the best things I ever did as a coach was not call a timeout and the players just organically, I don't it wasn't even a play necessarily. It was more about spacing. And I was like, oh my God, I had like two timeouts with a minute and a half left in a game. It's like a one possession game. And I'm like, don't do it. I'm not going to mm -hmm. do it. And I, I squatted down. And if every, I mean, all five players touched the ball on the possession, we got a, a drive, we got a paint, paint three in the corner off of it. And we had reversed it twice. So it was like this, it was this beautiful music, right? And, and it wasn't on me. I was like, I, you guys understand this. We had juniors and seniors on the floor. Um, and and it, it was a choice that I had to make. It wasn't like, I'm not going to do it. No, it was like, should I do it? No, I trust them. Moment. And, and it happens like this. Coaches, you know. It happens like that. And it, it, could, it was a championship game. And we ended up winning, thank God. <laughs> but it was because, but it was because of moments like that where you do have knee-jerk reaction moments where you have to make a choice or not, right? Um, and and trust your kids or not, okay? And not overcoach them. Let them play, right? And he did it, and it was, you know, that that's something that will always stand out for me. And a couple other instances, but that one in particular um, was most recent, and it, it just will always stand out to me as being like, get your hands off those kids, <laughs> yeah. and and trust what you've taught them from November to today and and let them you know let them go for it you know make or miss you know if she had missed that shot hey, it was a good shot to take like it was it was a great shot in that possession for us everybody got a touch we got second side like we got a drive and kick three and we got 10 toes in the paint and a mm -hmm. kick out and a triple hey, hey look that's that's what you that's what you live for and you want that for them because that like you said it like the kids told you after the game for virginia tech that, that gave them confidence so now we have confidence going into the next round of, of playoffs, right? The next states or whatever was next. And, you know, um, the I don't next know. steps just, in your life, you know, like it just matters that someone's using you. You know, just like next, like for, you know, for, yeah. for Kiana Trailer, right? Like mm -hmm. she's not going to be there next year. For Taylor Soul, she's not going to be there next year. They're both in the WNBA or in the pros, wherever they're going to end up. Yeah. And it's like, hey, that trust that Coach Brooks put in you, that's going to last. Like that confidence that oh, yeah. his trust put in you should last into your yeah. into the rest of your playing career and hopefully oh, into yeah. the rest of whatever you're doing career like that's that awesome hurt. to be trusted by someone who who you that's care great. about and want you know them to have a high opinion of you yeah i mean that's the bottom line i mean it's character building that's what you are as a coach you're a builder of character and like what don steli likes to say you're a dream merchant for these kids mm -hmm. right and let them live right in the moment and and let them make those decisions um that you've taught them i mean you've guided them to those decisions that they're going to make so trust that. And um, and I think that's what we saw in Kenny Brooks. But, you know, LSU, like you said, they came in waves. I mean, it was like the ocean, how in sync they were um, in that game to close it out. Um, I just thought they had um, the momentum on the offensive side, but they also had the momentum on the glass. I think that was a difference maker in that game, especially down the stretch against the Hokies. And they just couldn't they, – they refused to be put away. And I think yeah. that's a sign of a really great team. Yeah. If the other team can't get ahead by more than 10, if the other team can't, you know, put away, put, put three buckets together because you're saying you're, you're not giving up a third straight bucket. Like that is the things that separates teams. And especially at this level, we're talking about yeah. the best teams in the country. 
I think that's what separated LSU. They were stubborn as hell. We are not letting it happen. We're not letting it happen. Maybe you beat us in a different way. Maybe maybe you don't put it together a run. Maybe our shots don't fall. But you're not going to beat us by just going on a run and we're folding. They never folded, and I think that's 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 that's. Yeah. Agreed. That was the bottom line. No, I agree with that. Um, you know, it was the mentality. Say it again, Hank. Are we good, Gabe? Oh, My I mean, mic is in and out at the moment. Oh, Perfect. okay. I got you. I got you. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I think, that, you know, the mentality that LSU displayed down the stretch was was the difference maker. And I thought that carried over into the championship game against Iowa, right? I think the momentum that they built, especially in that fourth quarter over Virginia Tech, when they just took the lead and and never gave it back. Um, I just think that carried over into, into the championship game. And, I mean... Well, but before we get to that, I know we had there was another game. We got to talk about how Iowa got to the championship <laughs> yeah, game because the again, that was uh, the best game, the greatest game I've ever been to. Yeah. Probably the best game I've ever been. I, I mean, Kaylin Clark puts up it's it's uh, Kaylin Clark puts up forty one points. Insane. The team scored seventy seven. So Come on. she assisted on a lot of those other ones. Come on, there's not there's no game. No one one player cannot win any game in basketball. That's not how it works. She got the closest I think we're ever going to see at this level. However, yeah. She got the closest we're ever going to see at this level because, I mean, it was stunning. It, it was stunning. It was like, I don't know. It was like, why? I I feel like this is what watching Da Vinci paint the Sistine Chapels like, you know, seeing like a great sculptor at work. Like, it, it was yeah. art. It was, it was beauty. It was just magnificent. And she just like, yeah. not only is she just stuck, like, in, in the same way that Steph Curry is like that sort of player of like when she touches the ball, you're on your feet, you're, you're excited. Yeah. Not only that, in terms of those long shots, those step backs, her oh. knowledge of the game, I thought it's what came through. I thought she through. saw everything in South Carolina, you know, they wanted to stick to what they do. Right. And they had to change. And then yeah. even when they change, she knew exactly what the, where to go with the ball, what to do with it. I yeah. thought she was just, yeah. Amazing. Amazing in every single way. Yeah. I mean, it was it was quite exceptional, okay, to watch how she would make a read, especially in the two-man game. When they were in that pick-and-roll action, the two-man game, at the nail extended at the top, um, South Carolina was switching everything. I, I, was, I was surprised at that, that they were switching one to five. Mm -hmm. um, but they did it. But every time Caitlin Clark made that read on that switch, I mean, it was like straight down the lane and they had to honor, they had to honor the three point shooting of the other players on, on Iowa's squad. Right. So there was no one in there to help on that action. So they were just like five out and then let's get the two man game up top. You're not going to come off of any of the other three shooters out there. Cause they've been hitting. Okay. Um, I don't know. It, it was just, it was just quite phenomenal to watch how she orchestrated and organized the offense, um, but also was able to make the proper reads, whether it was getting her 41 freaking points, 41 of them. Okay. In a game like that against a team like South Carolina, who um, they knew they were going to give up second chance points. I mean, with how, um, South Carolina just dominated the glass all year long, 36 and 0 coming in 42 game win streak from the year before losing to Kentucky in the sec 
mm-hmm. uh, championship in the SEC championship game in the tournament, and then winning a title, right? But then went undefeated, 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 and they did this so well, right? They dominated the offensive board so well that Iowa knew that that was going to happen, but offset that by playing efficient on the offensive end in terms of assist to turnover ratio. And we don't talk about assist turnover ratio enough. Okay. And how important that is. And yes, Caitlin Clark had her 41 points, but it was her distributing. That was the difference in that game. Right. Kate Martin, like Kate Martin got buckets. Come on. I mean the flat out glue player. And then you have uh, McKenna Warnock. Right, dogs. Who was battling that, on the got court. the offensive rebound to end the game. The, the end of the game with the offensive rebound, Christy. Like, talk about it. <laughs> and then you know, Gabby Marshall, who was off her game in terms of her threes in that particular game, but was shooting like an ungodly sixty percent coming into the final four. From she did three. their work before the game. Of course, South Carolina had to pay attention so much to her. That's they, why she didn't score because they were hugging her and they can't create all the space. That's right. And then you had the two-man game action. Because you had to honor the other three kids out there who could knock down shots. I don't care if Gabby was 0 for 12. She, They didn't allow for her to even take a high volume number of threes. No. Because like you said, they were hugging her. You know, they're not leaving her. You know, they're not helping off. And then Gabby was like, let me just stay right here. And open up everything else for Clark and Sonano, the law firm. They were just busy. And it was just, it was really beautiful basketball. And that's a Lisa Bluter word. Uh, you know, so congrats to, to Iowa for, for that. But what did you find interesting um, about how Iowa defended South Carolina and how that was different than they had been defended throughout the year? Or if it was, did anyone else play them that way where they were totally sagging into the paint and, and giving up the three-point shots to them? And some say disrespectfully so, but, I mean, it worked. Yeah. Yeah, ain't disrespectful if you don't make it. It was disrespectful LSU because LSU made the shots in the championship game. Okay, but they weren't giving them those. They did not play them the same way. They were making no, them. no. But I so I think it was the most extreme version of mm-hmm. what we've seen a couple times. You know, people sagging off. But I mean, Lisa Bluter loves the junk defense. You know, and we say it's called junk defense. I just call it really fun defense. Honestly, that's it's what we should call fun. it. I like it's it. fun defenses. It is. Um, so she she likes all that stuff. So I, I think it was just was the most extreme version of that. And I think it relied a lot on Caitlin's um knowledge of basketball. Because what what does yeah. Caitlin have defensively? She's not quick as side to side. Um, she's not, you know, necessarily the best on ball defender. So what do you do with what do you do with that sort of player? You put her in a position to use her strengths, which are she's she's long. And she sees yeah. the game better than pretty yeah. much any player on the court. And she yeah. got a couple of those plays where it was just like she un- she knew where the pass was going before Absolutely. it even happened. Reading Absolutely. eyes, reading body language. Um, yeah. Obviously, the fouls helped. You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, I, I know a lot of South Carolina fans are going to be mad if we don't mention the fouls. There were some. There were some. You know, tough foul calls. Uh, I think, especially um, Aaliyah Boston's first charge call. That oh was a yeah. Bad one. That yeah, was really that was Hannah. Hannah Skolke took that, right? Yeah. Hannah Skolke. Yeah, but and the second one I think was mediocre. But and like, look, hey, look, everyone has refs. You all, as I've said many times, you got to come in thinking that you're playing against the refs. Every single right. game is five on eight. You're playing against the refs every single game. So, but yeah, I think the fouls hurt South Carolina's rhythm offensively, certainly. But also, they just didn't. They didn't know how to attack that sort of defense because they have yeah. been able to get the ball in the post 
all year long. I thought it was just brilliant uh, of Lisa Bluter to put Caitlin Clark in that position. Because a lot of times who you have out there is like a smaller guard right. in front of the post. And guess what? That doesn't really do much to the post. Yeah. You know, they could still throw it over and just kind of get it in. South Carolina has done that. Yeah. But I think, you know, the way they did it was really smart. I think it was the most extreme version of stuff that we had seen work a little bit against South Carolina. And I think Agreed. Caitlin's knowledge really, really shone through there. And it just, it was a really brilliant strategy to put, you know, someone who, Caitlin's a, a decent defender, not the best defender though, into a position where she can be a really good defender and using yeah. that strength. I mean, that's what coaching is all about, right? Like Lisa had to find a way to put her in the right place to make a play. Yeah, no doubt. Um, agreed. hundred uh, percent with what you said um, just about the strategy and um, the scheme against a team like South Carolina, but um, you know, Gabby Marshall for as good as she is on the offensive, end, even though she didn't strike um, in that particular contest, her defense was spectacular in terms of her anticipation. I believe she had three steals and she was right where she needed to be um, when they were trying to kick it back out up top to to reset in the quarter court. Gabby Marshall was right there to, to take it and go the other way. Um, Kate Martin as well a couple of times. So I just think, you know, just overall, collectively, as a unit, defensively, Iowa came up huge in this game. And, and for as, as beautiful as the offense was, and as much as I want to say, man, that two-man game was spectacular. And they, they I mean, they hit the mark every single time perfectly place passes timing uh, phenomenal with the same starting group for three years that's what you have right chemistry mm -hmm. and great reads and what I was talking about trust your kids let them play and and that's what Lisa Bluter was allowing um or permitting I don't want to say allowing and permitting but that she, for. She, she cultivated that she cultivated that in them um over the years and it just came to fruition in a moment like that which was was quite spectacular to watch but I just think for as much as we've been talking about Iowa on the offensive end and how they led the country coming into that game, 88 points per contest. Their pace was outstanding um, all season long. But in that game, pace was a, a big piece of why they were successful as well. But it was their defense. I mean, that was the X factor. That was that was the, the common denominator to their success. They got the stops, which enabled them to play at the pace that they wanted to play. Um, they knew that they were going to probably lose the battle in the offensive glass, and I, I believe that they did. Um, uh, it's 26 to 5. Right. It was like, I was going to say 29 to five, but 26 to five is still pretty wide That's margin crazy. there uh, on the glass. But a team like South Carolina, I believe it was, they, they scored um, on 49% shooting on their second chance shots. Uh, and, and, you know, that's not counting if they got fouled on the way back up, you know, on those. So, I mean, 49% on your second chance shots and you get 26 opportunities to do that. Um, but then Iowa still came out on top. So it was about it was about their defense taking South Carolina out of rhythm. And what do you do? Like if you're a kid for South Carolina and you catch the ball and you get waved off like we're not coming out there. And sometimes it's like when you're talking and you can't I mean, have 20,000 people in there. We don't know yeah. what the kids are saying to each other on the court defensively. And obviously, if you're not talking, you're not playing defense. That was always what I said. Um, you got to be you got to be a chatterbox. Right. Um, especially if you're playing like a, a junk or fun defense, you definitely have to be talking and making sure everyone's aware. So if you've practiced this, which they had, which if you've watched film, which they have, okay, you see someone out there like, well, we're not going out there. This took so much away from Caitlin Clark. Like, was it disrespectful for her to be like, I'm not going out there? If you don't make it, it ain't disrespectful. 
If you don't but make a shot, shoot it. She didn't shoot. Then like, she you gotta shoot it. Like, I'm not you gotta going. shoot it. If you're if you're on the court, I believe you can make a wide open three. If All you're right. playing for South Carolina and Raven Johnson, to her credit, came out at some point. I think it was in the second half, probably. Yeah. She came out and she was she said, "Okay, I'm gonna shoot these." She was three or six. Yeah. And then I love that Lisa Blair was like, "Okay, make as many of those as you want. Go ahead." That's that was the part that was the part that I really liked because Raven Johnson okay. did. She responded the way you have to. You have to shoot the ball. You can't let someone do that to you. You have okay. to shoot the ball. You have to make it. If you're on the floor, you got to be able to make a wide open three. Agreed. Agreed. But I think I think she – and I think what Zaya did was also really brilliant. I mean – She was – I love her, man. I love Zaya. Can I just tell you? Man, I, I was telling people, like, that's the one – and I know she led the team in scoring going into the Final Four and all that, and probably at the end of the year statistics she was at the top. Mm. But, man, I just love the way she plays the game all year, not just in Dallas. All year long, I'm like, man, people are not talking enough about Zaya Cook. Like, she is she is an incredible decision maker. Um, and take her off that floor, and South Carolina's not the same team. Like, I don't think she got enough enough verbiage. I mean, we saw her get drafted, and we'll yeah. get to the draft. But I mean, I I, I don't know. I I was just like really blown away by what she was able to accomplish this year in total. I. I think she's a dog and I love her. And like, I just, I just want her on my team, like whatever. And then like some, you know, there's nerds with their charts and you know, I know we work for her stats and a lot, but at I some mean, point you got to be like, okay, I know she's not shooting a great percentage from whatever, or like her whatever points per scoring attempt is out there. I don't care. I want her on my team. She makes plays. And yes. she's the only in the first half. If they didn't have Zaya cook, that game is a blowout. Yes. Forget about it. Forget about it. If they don't have Zaya Cook in that first half, yeah. they are not getting anywhere. I think she was just – she's been incredible all year. You're right. And, and this is something that – Love her. You man. know, every time I talk to a person who played or coached or they they always bring up Zaya. Like, yeah. Zaya is like, man, mm-hmm. love her. And then when you talk to people with the, like, the, the stats yeah. or whatever, it's like, oh, she, 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 I don't care what she shoots. Give her the ball. <laughs> Right. So I want to shout out Zaya. I want to shout out Zaya. So Zaya Same. Raven, though, like, you know, hey, take it to him. You got you have to punish it. And if you can't punish it, then you lose. I don't know. That's kind of what happens. Right. I feel you, but okay. If and you know, I wasn't a three-point shooter, although in my mind I was. But I wasn't a three-point shooter. But if if that's if that's me standing out there, if if I'm not gonna take the three, why not try to get downhill a little bit? And, and make the defense commit. That's what I was wondering the whole time. I'm like, man, if they're not going to play you, you don't have to shoot the three. They want you to shoot the three. I get it. You don't have to do that. For me, it was like, can you get can you get to the paint with the ball? I don't think they and then force the defense to make a decision. Like, force them to make these decisions, right? They're, they're telling you. They're dictating to you what they want you to do on offense. Now you have to dictate to them what they need to do on defense, like make a decision. So if, if I'm being played in a drop coverage like that, like no one's on me for, you know, eight, yeah. eight, 10 feet away, maybe five to eight feet, but still distance away. Okay. You're way away from me. She's in the paint. I can't sit right. And you're above the three point. Why not put the ball on the ground? Even if you're not going to shoot it, commit the, commit the defense to the ball, see what they're going to do. Like what kind of decision are they going to make? Um, I don't know. I think Zaya did a good job with that, but a couple of times I don't think Raven did that, um, especially in that first half where well, Raven had the drop though. Like they were they were trying to cover. 
they were trying to cover Zion. It just didn't work out because uh, hey, Kate, Kate, Kate Martin and uh, and Gabby Marshall are are good defenders. Zaya Cook's just better than them, right? Like she's faster and stronger. Um, Why didn't everybody do that? Why didn't everybody go? Huh? Why didn't everybody go to the? I just don't think Raven. I don't think Raven had the lane because they play with two bigs in the paint, Cardoso and and Boston, and even if they don't have those two, it's someone else. Okay. Um, Listening. And then they have Kate. They have Caitlin like in front of. Let's get the board up. Yeah, let's get the board. Okay. Come on. Well, hello, We're, board. I got a, I got okay, markers board. here. Let's okay. Go. That marker. You have a good, you have a good marker in there. Because uh, yeah, sometimes I, I my got, marker. I got the fancy ones. I got the fancy ones. Oh, so we got, we have, uh, we have Boston here, Cardoso okay. here. Got it. You know, and then, and then let's say Ravens over here. Yeah. So now we have, we have this defender here, who's Monica mm-hmm. Sonata, who did a great job, by the way. Monica Sonata did really? a lot. Okay. Pushing. And she put, she, she got. I was really impressed. I mean, I know we know we know Monica's really strong. Yeah. The how strong she was in this game was really impressive. I gotta make this yeah. bigger. You can't really see it. Yeah. I can barely right. see it anyway, but I'm fine. I can Okay. So now we got so now we got defender oh, on, on the Yeah. Now we got defender there. Okay, I'm gonna make Cardoso bigger. I believe this yeah. defender was here when the ball was on this side. So the ball's right. here. Yeah, yeah. That's what her defender was, was like here. Yeah. Caitlin Clark was like here, <laughs> roving here and roving here. So there was not space for her to get in here, though. I would say, yeah, the pull up. Are you talking about pull up right here? Yeah, get get down in there, right at the nail, or like right in that little, you know, that hoop, that little scoop area, right, that little line right there. Yeah, I would Under say the pull free up. throw line, a little semi. I don't know. I don't know how comfortable. That's just me. I was wondering. Were, I don't know how comfortable these players were with that pull up. Because that's, I think you're right. One of the ways to get around it is the pull-up. I'm not sure how comfortable they were with that or if the For team certain. was really comfortable with it. Because, like, this is not a high percentage shot. Well, no. It's not. No. But no. at some point, but this may become high. I agree. I say, what did you say? What, what did you, you were about to say something. I'm sorry. At some point, you got to take it. Yeah. Yeah. And especially yeah. because if, yeah, maybe, maybe you dribble here. Right. Maybe you dribble here. And then she has to commit. <laughs> And then we have a we have a flash here, and then we yeah. have a pass here. So then this defender is also coming over. It's it, yeah. was, it was great. But defense. It, it was great defense, but it's like you know it's chess match. It's like you know that's what they're doing, but you can't like settle for that being all you can do. You know what I mean? It's like for me, I'm gonna like empty out like, <laughs> and that's why I was sitting there like, oh man, what would happen if she took one dribble or two? Right? What would the defense do? So for me, it was like, what would they do if that happened? And we just didn't see it enough, you know, for my imagination, <laughs> as as my whiteboard in my head was was working overtime during that moment. But just, you know, how would they collapse that? And what else would that open up? And not necessarily to pull up for a fader, or I mean, not a fader, but a you know, um, a floater. You know, it's not necessarily for that to be a shot, but to see what the defense would do. Like, what's the defense? It's going to do if they do that. And I just thought there was, uh, you know, there were a couple possessions where it was just very passive for South Carolina to just say, okay, we're going to drop coverage. Uh, you know, they're down in the paint and we're just going to hold it up here and swing it. They're going to hold it and swing it. I'm like, man, put it on the floor and see what Keep they're going to do. And and if that's if that was wrong, then we go to the next option. But it, I just don't think that catching it and swinging it was, you know, was ideal. I guess I think I think just South Until Carolina. Was kind of, 
I think South Carolina kind of got punched in the mouth. And yeah. then they, you know, it wasn't that I, I think they, they tried to respond, but sometimes you're just, someone gets that first punch and you're on your heels the entire game. And I think that yeah. really kind of affected them, especially for a team that Agreed. they had the close games. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have anything quite like this where, if, you know, it was like the other team just really, really took it to them. They and that was because of Caitlin. And I wanted to mention yeah. one more thing because we, we should talk about something else. We, Bring I could, it. Bring you know, we're gonna we should do this, Chrissy. Like, we should just watch this game together and then maybe like do a whole X's and O's thing because I'm gonna we watch it should. again. We, we watched should. it. We watched it right after the game. We went yeah. to the game, we went to the game. Uh we went, we recorded a podcast, we got some drinks, and we got back home at like three o'clock in the morning and we all looked oh at each other like, Y'all wanna watch this game again? <laughs> so, <laughs> we only watched the first and fourth quarters. But we we watched it because it was so and so. But yeah, maybe we should just watch it because I think there's so many X and O's here. One thing I did want to point out though, like I thought the timing mm-hmm. of Iowa's offense was just so good. Like they ran, it was like perfect. It was like as soon as Caitlin took the yeah. first dribble, there was a stagger on the weak side being set, yeah. and they ran off it like it was like perfectly in step. I think that's what really kind of took away from it. It required South Carolina to play two-on-two defense, which is yes. not something you want to be doing against Caitlin Clark and Monica Sonata. You need three players there. And I think it just kind of it messed with, um, you know, in particular, Camilla Cardoso, that she she hadn't seen all that motion before. And mm-hmm. so I think it it was just brilliant strategy all around from Lisa Bluter. Amazing. Obviously, Caitlin was fantastic. Just, yeah. you know, they, they put everything together. And South Carolina deserves their flowers. Amazing year. One of the best teams we've ever seen. And they just got beat. And that was, I just think it was so good for, yeah. for women's basketball to have the monolith again go down. Like when UConn loses, it's awesome. When when the best teams lose, it's like, yeah, you, you love it. Cause that means that means something great happened. And I think that was what happened in this game. Yeah, and no doubt. I mean, after the game, Lisa Bluter said a lot of people in Las Vegas lost a lot of money tonight. You know, that was her first opening statement. And I think, you know, going back several pods ago with us, and you asked me who can beat South Carolina, and I said the Washington Mystics. And I was dead serious about that because no one had proven to me at that juncture that they could do anything with them, with their size and their speed and their aggressiveness and their their basketball IQ, their ability to get to the offensive boards and have that create so much more offense for them. I just, you know, I just didn't see it um, until the Iowa game. <laughs> and then I was like, man, that clock was going down. I was like, they're going to do it. They're going to do I, it, you know. And it was I didn't believe. When, when did you believe? I didn't believe until McKenna um, Warner got the, got the rebound. I didn't believe. The whole um, time I was like, there's no way, right? I was sitting next to Megan Gower, <laughs> and like before the game, we walk in, and I'm like, "Can Iowa do uh, like what happens if Iowa does this?" And the entire game, I was like, "There's no way South Carolina's gonna come back. <laughs> South Carolina's gonna come back." And it wasn't until McKenna Warner grabbed mm-hmm. that rebound to seal a game that I actually believed that they were gonna win. I don't know. I think I don't know if there was like one moment that I could pinpoint, but that one was was quite it. Um, if there <laughs> were to be a moment, but for me. I think um, several people text me um, because I was standing up. I was like in the first like, like little section there um, behind the Iowa bench sitting with Sue Marriott and um, she's the coordinating producer for Big Ten Network. So, hey, Sue, hey. Um, but I was sitting there uh, obviously with uh, Megan McEwen as well with Big Ten Network. But we were sitting there and I think there was the, 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 the pull-up three that Caitlin hit in transition that my hair was on fire 
I stood up and I think I did my stomp, which I didn't even know I did until um, several people sent me the video of me standing up because it was ridiculous. Like she was in this zone, um, you know, with, with how she was getting her offense um, and how she wasn't going to be denied and how, you know, that place was packed, you know, with, with South Carolina and Iowa fans, and they were going back and forth. It was just the energy, like you were talking about when we started talking about the Final Four. But just in that moment, I think that's when I was like, Man, I don't know what they can do to stop her. And I mean, she went for 41. I mean, she had 12 assists, too. And, yeah, uh, eight assists, maybe. I don't know. Oh, Just, eight assists, something like that. It Ten felt right like now. a billion. I mean, it, it felt was, like a billion. It felt like a billion. Um, but for me, I think it was like, I think it was that. And then I think seeing myself in that moment to kind of, maybe that was the moment that I'm gonna go in. Just ring that one up as, as the moment for me where I was just like, she is, she is, um, what do I call it? Uh, the Beyonce song, Alien Superstar. That's what I was calling her. I was like, hey man, like, it's like, she's just dropping down from outer space somewhere, like hit me shut. And you know, obviously she put the work in to be able to do that. But listen, I think for me, I mean, and some of those shots were contested. It wasn't like she was coming coming down. I mean, they knew who she was. They knew that they had to find her right over half court. And she came down and drifted to the left. Bam. I was like, good God, man. Yeah. What do you do with that kid? What do you do with that kid? Uh, you know, and she won the Don Staley War. So there's there's this reverence that Don Staley has for her too with what she's able to do and, and talk to Don when she got um when Caitlin Clark was named Naismith Player of the Year and she was named Naismith Coach of the Year. And she just said that, you know, she is a phenomenal talent. So there's there's so much respect um, all around, you know, with with both teams, all four teams, and all 300 plus teams, to for that matter. Um, but for me, I think it was, you know, when Caitlin Clark just let it fly, you know, with hands in her face, and just didn't it didn't matter. She just didn't care that they were there, and she just like just just went for it. I think it was just so uh, it was so incredible, and to have littles in the gym. You know, with Caitlin Clark jerseys on, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I don't know. It was just. It was I'm gonna just buy really me fun. a Caitlin Clark jersey. <laughs> I think my si- my sister wants a Monica Sinano jersey, so I need her to get on a team. Oh, law yeah, firm. I'm gonna get on both sides, but law firm on the front. I gotta <laughs> get. You know what? I, you know what? I do have to get my sister a law firm shirt. She'd like that. They all got. My whole family got into it. It was so great this year. I was, I, it was awesome to have them so to funny. have them all on it. I all can't right. believe we, it. I, one little rollout. One little rollout saying law firm with Clark and Sinano turned into like a major deal. So that's fine. Turned fun. into <laughs> them going to the, the natty, um, which we should, we, we should talk about the natty. I think, yeah. I think I could do like, I don't know, 15 hours on the South Carolina, Iowa game. Like if anybody Six. needs like a full length documentary series on this, like, please let Six. me know. I have, I have Here. so many things that I could talk about, but let's, let's talk, let's, let's, uh, let's give LSU some, uh, some, some love here. Um, yeah. Actually, well, yeah. we have to start with something that uh, I, I just want to get off my chest. I've said this before, and I want to say here, the refs were Uh-oh. miserable in that game. And not because the refs were miserable, not because they gave one team an advantage and the other team not an advantage. I, I don't care about any of that. Like I've always said, you play you play against the refs every single game. You come in, you say, oh, we're playing five on eight. They are not on our side. They're never here to help you. So I don't. LSU would have won that game regardless of the refs. I thought they were that they, they, they were terrible. They just tried to take control of the game. They called so many fouls. They set a record for the most fouls called in the national championship game. They made it so choppy, and they just they made me and I am extremely resilient to try to complain about the refs because 
I, I've understood now that I need to control myself or else I'm going to get kicked out of a lot of games. <laughs> so it takes a lot now for some for the refs to make me mad and comment on them. And by the second half, I was just yelling at them. I was just wow. so disappointed with with how they affected the game so much. And and again, it was still an awesome game. Great performances by the players. I thought it was, yeah. um, you know, a wonderful showcase. But the refs really, um, they did a number on me in that one. They, they kind of took me out of yeah. it. And again, not because it was fouls going one way or the other. It was just so yeah. many that made it took away from the flow of the game. Yeah, I mean, they, they weren't familiar faces to me, the officials that, who were on that game. Uh, what was that about? About so so I see so I actually looked, yeah I looked it up. So um, I'd seen a couple of them at the ACC tournament, but you know the person I always expect, and this is super inside basketball, but like D Cantner, Cantor, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. D, she's like one of the sweetest people. Uh, oh right? yeah, uh, yeah, you, you yeah. talked to her. She was she, she had got yeah, an award in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, she's got she got an award that weekend for you know her her she's been refing since like 1985, you know. Wow. So it's like she and I thought all postseason, the person I thought that handled the game the best, not that made the best call. She didn't, you know, she messed up a couple. Uh, she, you know, I'm sure she would tell you that she would say, hey, I didn't get that call right. She was so good at communicating and maintaining the flow of the game that I thought it was a mistake not to have her. But all of those refs had been in final fours before because I went back and I looked. Ah, I was like, you know okay. what? I'm going to make sure that these people, okay. you know, that they were there. So they had done games before. I think what happened was probably they got tight because they got a lot of criticism from that South Carolina game and maybe letting too much contact go in the second half or something. I don't know. But they just came out in that game and really called it really tight, and I just thought that was the wrong decision. Yeah, I agree. And I think there were there were several instances uh, where, you know, some calls were being made, and I don't know. It, it was it – it was a lot. I mean, there was a lot of discrepancy from both sides, right? And there seemed to be maybe a um, longer robe on having those discrepancies uh, one side or the other. And if you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. Without saying it, you understand what I'm saying. Uh, but I just think that, you know, that that fourth foul on, on Clark, um, when she got called for the tech, when she, the tech, when she like, I think Sonano yes. had gotten the foul, and then she whipped the ball behind her back. Um, but I don't think it hit anybody, right? I mean, did it did hit Did you see anybody? the explanation for it? I did, and that was I did not I did not think that that explanation for that fit the book of of rules. Right. Um, I thought that was not the intent of that rule, um, and you tried to bend it and stretch it to fit the moment, and it was wrong. I think it was wrong, and. Um, well, it's also you know, they called the wrong for LSU that were not so great, but that one in particular stood out to me because she had just picked up her third and then boom, got her fourth. And it was incredibly impactful for what she was doing on the team. And they had just made that 12 0 run and the momentum was kind of going their way. And then I was like, it, it just all went away. And, and I get banished. Like, it, I mean, they got ghosted in that moment, like in the moment, and ghosted, like God. And, and again, yeah, right. like, I'll, I'll be consistent. I think LSU wins that game regardless. That fourth foul, they – so if the explanation that they gave after the fact that right. it was the second delay of game call – and I said this I said this in passing when we did the reaction podcast. I was like, yeah. wait, isn't that a team foul? Like, it, my dog is barking. Puppy. Um, uh, hold on. Okay, he's hungry. <laughs> he's, he's just Puppet. needs attention. 
Um, so I said that in passing, and then I caught up with uh, Evan Galberto because we go to the same gym here in Falls Church, okay. and he was like, "I heard you say that, and that was correct because that was my first reaction. That be that the second delay of game is a technical foul, a team technical foul, but they put Not it on one that counts. They put it on Caitlin. So right. to me, I'm sitting here saying some someone's someone either messed up or is lying. I think someone's met. You know, I think they just thought of a reason to give her that call." after the fact right uh, we lost oh, there we go. There's i'm good sorry um so they yeah i just thought that was like someone's either lying or someone messed up because that was not the, that cannot be the correct call in any right. universe regardless yeah still a great game Ooh. i mean yeah jasmine carson i mean gosh how about her huh a oh, player i i legitimately forgot about her <laughs> Well, she hadn't scored in three games in the NCAA tournament prior to that championship game, and she was averaging eight points and went just ridiculously got on fire and just and never looked back. Uh, I mean, she was she was incredible for LSU. And I think, you know, with Angel Reese uh, picking up her foul situation um, mm -hmm. and being taken out, I think if that doesn't happen, we're talking about the, the calls being like, wow, what's going on with the calls and most calls ever in a final four championship game. But wow, if Angel Reese doesn't get in foul trouble, we don't see Carson. And, and she Carson doesn't let it fly and go for 21. Like, well, you know, I, I think, you know, things happen for a reason. And, and for LSU, it was a bonus that they went on that massive run with Reese on the bench. And that's, uh, again, that's how it what goes. great teams do. That's, that's what great teams do. They, they find the way. And I think specifically yeah. Kim Mulkey's teams uh, tend to find the way in those situations. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, you got to give, give them credit. And I think this game was less uh, X and O heavy for us just because, you know, I think it was choppy. But it also just was like, you know, these two teams just kind of lined up, lined up and tried to play. And that's what happens when you play a game two days before that you had a you know, week break. and a half to prepare for, right? Yeah. I wish they had so, one more day. Yeah, that'd be great. Just but, and it was early too because that game was at three o'clock, so yeah. it wasn't really like. And I'm not less than twenty four like hours. Whining, my tone is whiny, but it's like rest and recovery is big, and they have all the pressers and all the things they mm -hmm. have to do, you know, with the clinics and meet the kids and and not uh, that you shouldn't do that. You have to do that to continue to grow the game. But I just think if you're going to do all these extracurricular things, that they need time to be still. I mean, life is going so fast. Sometimes you need to go slow right and have a day where you just don't have to be fast all the time like everything's going so fast all the time like just sit down somewhere right and and go slow go with the flow and like i don't know decompress some but i just thought you know there there was a lot of discussion um on the afterglow of that championship for yeah i was gonna ask you i want to hear <laughs> i want to hear your takes here to, um, man i have takes on takes uh, i've been talking to so many people about it because people like you said Come up to me, ask me about it. You know, at, at Trader Joe's, like we were talking about it all the time, everywhere. Um, but I just think, you know, for me, there's a there's context that you can apply to everything. All right, and hear me out. All right, there's context that you can apply to everything. Okay, so when Caitlin Clark uh, waved off um, Raven Johnson, okay. Um, when they were in their defense and maybe it was subconsciously and I'm not making excuse, but on the court, like I understand. And uh, let me look around, let me survey and see, Oh, I'm not going out to that. 
And maybe just subconsciously did that. It wasn't like, oh, you stink. I think she did it on purpose. You think it was the stink? Caitlin's okay. like the biggest. I think it's Caitlin. Of course, she did it on purpose. Okay. I, just, I, love it. I just think it was in the moment of basketball. I yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't was like, it wasn't like, you stink. It wasn't like, that. Nah, I'm not going to. And it, I mean, her hand motion was like that, but who knows? I like, think it was I'm to dare her to shoot. Or maybe she was, maybe she was just like, I'm in this, I'm in, I'm back here. Oh, she got it. I'm not going out there. Like things are I like, don't think, I, I don't, I think she think did it, it because thought? she won't. No, I think it was a thought because you know who would do that? This guy. If I see you on the three-point line and I want you to shoot that thing, you know what I'm going to tell you? Go ahead, buddy. Shoot it. Shoot it. So that that's was okay. her. That was her. And look, that's going to okay. affect. That's that's like that's kind of brilliant. Like I think it's really smart to get someone oh. mad and then make them want to shoot. I think it's. I think I think she did it on purpose because I would do it on purpose. Absolutely. Okay. I don't know. I, okay. Okay. So, okay. That happened. And then in the, in the Louisville game, uh, Louisville, Iowa game, um, I think they were, Iowa was up 15 in the waning moments of that game. And, and Van Lutz said something, uh, you know, and, and uh, to Caitlin and Caitlin was like, shut up, you're down 15. Um, but they're good friends. They played USA basketball. Together. And again, I'm not trying to make a, you know, a plea for Caitlin, um, but she did say that. Right. And she did do, you know, the hand gesture. Okay. So the hand gesture in that game wasn't let me go run over to Haley Van Lith and do it. Yeah. Okay. So what do you, what's your take on that moment? And then we'll go forward with the other stuff that happened, which I is love, a lot. I love, I love every single second of it. This is, okay. so I'm a huge wrestling fan. That's what one thing people have to recognize <laughs> about me. I'm a big WWE fan. So okay. first off, her doing the John Cena to me was a very big deal because like, I love this. I do this all the time. Okay. Anything I do, I do, do. You can't see me all the time because I love wrestling. And mm-hmm. so to me, it's like, you know, it, it's a, it, it, I, I think it's, it's like something, you know, I'm not like a big talker. I mean, I, I love the hand motions and all that. I don't okay. talk a ton. Um, I don't think like a lot of like our players talk a ton. That's not, I, I don't care as long as it's between the lines during the game. That's, that's my whole thing. During can, the game. During the game between the lines you're supposed live, to be talking live ball talk, live, well anytime no if okay. it's be, if it's during game time okay and you're between these lines okay we ain't friends we ain't friends we're okay. we're, we're we can be homies right after right but after. there we're right. talking and this and you know, charles Barkley always talks about this too it's like hey when we get in between those lines and the game and the clock's going better. and we're playing i'm talking because that's how you that's how i think a lot of players get themselves going by talking and listening to other players talk. I think that's just so cool. I just, I, I loved, I love what Caitlin did. I know we'll get to what Angel did. I, lo- I kind of love what Angel did. Although I think it, there's a difference there. I know what you're trying to get at. There's a, there's a difference here between, you know, um, you know, the, the, that, cause I don't think, I think that was more strategic than anything else. That was, okay. that was trying to play the defense. Okay. Um, and that was also trash talk, which is great. You know, strategic trash talk is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the Haley thing, I mean, she was going up to her assistant coach and like, I do that all the time with our players. The players are coming off. I'm like, you know, we, we do, <laughs> I mean, we do stuff like that. We, we swell up, you know, I hit him with the, I hit him with the, the two, you know, I hit some, sometimes it's too but the, small. The it's, did it, but the, you know, the other yeah. night, I did, you know. Yeah, you got hit. And, and so I, I like all that. Um, I think, you know, between the lines during the game. I ain't got no problem with it. As, as long as you're respectful after the game, because right, okay. that's what matters. Like you have to have respect for your the other person, but the player, 
when we're playing, we talk them. I hear you. I, I just, when I did, I was up at 1 a.m. watching the overtime game, uh, the play-in in the NBA. And I know we're her hoops ass, but this is just, I'm trying to do a, a comparable contextual moment here in hoops. Okay. So, um, you know, LeBron passes it. Schroeder hits the three in the corner. Schroeder does it too. Boom. Cold-blooded. Boom, boom. Right. Everybody knows cold-blooded, just in a stance. They're both doing that. Okay. What's the difference if LeBron goes up to a player, or goes up to Cat on 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 the Wolves, and and goes right or like runs to him and goes, boom. It's significantly How's cooler. What's cooler? Wait, what's, what's it's so part? cool? Are you kidding me? Wait, what's cooler that he went over to him and did it in his face or did it in general? So as in the, as a person watching the NBA just for my entertainment. Absolutely, yeah. it would have been awesome if he went over there and said, <laughs> "Ice in my veins, you don't have it, you don't have it," <laughs> or something like that. I That's love all that. I'm is the difference. There's a huge, there's a big difference. I, I understand <laughs> where you're getting at that. Kate, that Angels was it, it felt more personal. Um, and I think okay. I think that's right. Like it, it did, and it felt more personal. And I uh -huh. think it was it was uh, after you know not after the game, but like it was game was pretty much over. Yeah, and so I get it. it. It feels a little bit more disrespectful for the, to the person, and so from that aspect, I get it. Uh, at the same okay. time, again, as someone who's watching this <laughs> primarily for their entertainment and for the love of the game, I love the game. But like, game. I just thought it was so entertaining. I just like, yeah, and like, I didn't. I don't like you know. It's not because I don't. I love. I love Angel Reese or whatever. I don't like Angel Reese, and that's awesome. That's awesome for the sport. I need someone to not like. If not, it's just people I like. I hear you. You can go, okay. Christy. Go say what's on your say I, what's on your mind. Say it. it we're an hour. And, we're an hour and four minutes into this podcast. Anyone who doesn't uh, disagree, we, anyone disagrees with us, is out. It don't they're matter. They're probably left already. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For me. Okay. I've I've tried to look at this in in a lot of different lenses. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've looked at it as a teammate of Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. Okay. I've looked at it as a coach of both of them, right? And mm -hmm. as a mom of both of them. So I'm looking at it all these different ways. And I'd love that there's been, I mean, I've heard it on the radio. Um, oh, leave Angel Reese alone. Let her live and put her hand up in her face. Caitlin did it. And I'm like, Caitlin didn't do the same thing. Um, although the motion was the same. And then they clipped the motion but they don't clip the context behind how Caitlin did it as opposed to how Angel did it. And to me, yes, it's entertaining. Yes, to me, um, I love fire in the belly. <laughs> and I, you know, as a player, I thought I was way more animated. And I think I've told you this before. Yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, I was fired up for my teammates, you know, more than for myself. Um, but going back to watching Cheryl Miller, it was the same way for her, the same way for Magic Johnson, the same way for a lot of players that I admired um, when I was growing up. But for me, I think, uh, you know, the integrity of the game gets compromised when, when we're comparing players that way. Um, and I didn't like the, the comparison of it. The fact that it happened, it, it happened, okay? But don't, don't compare it and say, this is the same thing that happened. And you're looking at Angel in a different way. You're looking at Caitlin. You're not, right? 
it it hap both things happen because both players play with passion and i love that i love that but when you are saying that they did the same thing and why is one worse than the other it's not the same thing for me um yeah conceptually it's not the same thing so don't do that okay and don't pit those women against each other and i think caitlin clark tried to water that down right mm -hmm. after by saying i love angel reese like and uh, she's a great player and and that's that's all it is and and then it turned into you know i've seen these memes where they've developed wrestlers you know one is angel and one is caitlin and angel's actually punching caitlin clark in the in the ring and I'm like, why are we doing that to each other? Get why them in a ring. women? Well, I know you say you like all the wrestling and stuff. But for me, I'm like, why are you pitting one against the other? Okay, let's not do that to our women. Okay, let's permit our women to walk in their passion, however they want to display it, and let them be who they are, right? See, if, Angel Reese, if, if Angel Reese is who she is, then let her be that, right? Caitlin Clark is who she is. Let her be that. Let's not like say one is better than the other because of of how they did the facial oh. expression thing. Stop doing that to us. Like we're allowed to have passion. We're allowed to be who we are unapologetically. And yeah. stop trying to pit us against each other and say, oh, you have it one way for one player and then the other player, you on her back. And I'm like, stop doing that. Okay, let's just respect the game for what it is. Let's have integrity in those moments when our women are displaying their emotion, which we are completely allowed to do unapologetically. Ask Serena Williams, like, ask me. Like, I, there are so many <laughs> things that I could say about my personal um, attacks that I have received on, on the way I, I exude my passion. Um, but I don't care because that's 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 how it goes, right? I love the game. That's how I'm going to do it. Angel loves the game. That's how she's going to do it. Caitlin loves it. She's going to do it this way. But let's not have them be competitors in their passion. Let's not do that because that, I think, is shredding the game away. And everyone's like, oh, it's so good for women's basketball. It's good that you're finally seeing that that, you know, that 10 million people are seeing it. I think there are more eyes on it. But Caitlin Clark also said, hey, I mean, they're, we're not the only two people to talk trash out of yeah. 300 some teams, but you're trying to, they're trying, you know, to paint this picture so badly that they hate each other and that they're pitted against each other. And this one did it and, and she gets, you know, scrutinized and the other one does it. And she's her, her way of showing passion is displayed in a okay. different way. It's not the case. And so stop trying to make that the narrative. I see. I Let see what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Let them live. Yeah, I think, That's all I'm saying. And, and, and stop and trying think, to crash To your point, like people like, said, like, oh, Caitlin wait. never gets criticized for this. Y'all can go right here on the Her Hoop Stats YouTube channel. Go look at our shorts. We got a Caitlin Clark video that, has, that I posted last year that has a bunch of views. Y'all can go see the comments. People hate Caitlin, too, from way back. You know, and it's because of the of the fact that she exudes okay. that passion. But I love that. Like, yeah, but stop I, I don't, Why do people hate yeah. that? Why do people well, hate? I, I think people hate pe people are people are haters, but like people hate LeBron. It's like that's good. Like don't like LeBron. Fine, don't like him. I personally love him, even though he left my team. Like I love LeBron, and I think for Caitlyn and Angel, it's like it's kind of great that there's people who don't 
like you like and i agree like i don't i hate the fact that like oh you know oh it's when angel and, and like hey look there's a bigger discussion to be had um there is. but like caitlin gets a lot of heat for everything she, she does. does she does angel's gonna get a lot of heat for everything she does, does. why because they're the best players on the, on the court say that if lebron did the thing you said before if lebron yeah. did that right he yeah. get a lot of scrutiny too he would and so i think it's like like that's 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 a bigger problem in terms of who and uh, is talking about this on the national stage and how much you're actually paying attention. Yeah. Um, but I do kind of like that they're pitted against each other. Like this is awesome. Like if we get an LSU Iowa game next year, this is going to be <laughs> lit. And I'm gonna make a whole. Trust me, if we have an LSU Iowa game next year, your boy is making a whole WWE montage about the rivalry <laughs> and what the, like. I just want it to happen because I think it's fun. Yeah. But like, yeah, I agree on, on like, the, there's too many people that took it too serious. It's like where I am. It's like, yeah, it's not that serious. Like you either like it or you don't. Angel doesn't care if you like it or you don't. Caitlin doesn't like, doesn't care if you like it or you don't. They're going to hoop regardless. So like, I, I get, I get what you're saying. I think the narrative being pushed of like, oh, you know, Caitlin yeah. never gets. Don't do that. First off, it, women in general, anytime they show emotion, are going to get criticized. Like we, we All know time. this, right? You know this. You've been All through time. it. You've lived it. Like lived it, living it still. Actually, living it still, and like it, it's, it's always, it's always like that. And hopefully, I think it's, it's getting better because we have, we have more people like you pushing back on it. We have more people like me agreeing that we, that that's ridiculous. Can't. I, I really do like that. There's a little bit of a rivalry right now. I like I, it. I, I like. I love a good rivalry. You know, I do. You know, I do. But let's not make it. You know, let's just make sure that we understand the context. Let's yes. just make sure we understand who these women are. Let's just make sure that we're not saying, "Oh, she did the same thing," and and compare it that way. Let's have integrity with what we're spewing. Okay. okay. It, um, and let's Angel, just have. Yeah. Talk to me. It, here, question. You're Angel's yeah. uh, coach. Because as a yeah. teammate, first off, I'm like, that's lit. Let's like awesome. Great. <laughs> like if I was my former teammate, like, yeah, let's go. Like, you want to do that and start a fight? We're in the fight. Like, great. Okay. Uh, I think as a coach, okay. it's something that I'm like, hey, you know, that's in the moment. And you, I know you feel on yourself and all that, but like it was a little bit extra and a little too personal for my opinion, like, and, and I think you have to know the player and understand how they're going to react to you saying that. But like, that's probably what I, where I'm as like, it was a little bit extra. It was a little personal. Like you can gloat, you can taunt, you can, you can yeah. point at your chest. I love that stuff. Yeah. But like, don't like pointing at it someone else. It's like kind of cheapens it a little bit to me. Yeah. And I that's think I'll tell her if I was your coach. No. And that's, that's why I said, I saw it from, you know, I saw it as a parent, as a coach and teammate. Um, and I, and I agree with that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if my teammate ran over there and, and just beeline to an opponent and did that, I think I would see that and run over there and grab her because I would think there would be a response from the opponent. Like, is that going to be a, a, a brawl? <laughs> okay. Cause that's an emotional moment, right? You already know you're going to lose the game. You're losing, you, you know, you're going to lose the game at that point. Um, so you're already down. Um, but just to be kicked while you're down, it's kind of sucks. And I get it. So I, as a teammate, I would go over and try to protect my teammate, you know, from any, you know, reaction that came her way. Um, but Caitlin Clark says she didn't even see it. So anyway, um, kudos to her for that and not reacting or, or seeing it or reacting anyway. Um, but if I'm a coach, um, I think I'm definitely like saying, Hey man, 
like the integrity yeah. of the game. Like I feel who you are, I know who you are. Um, but hey, man, we got hey, like if we we uh, you know we got a golden rule that right. If the scenario was flipped, would Caitlin have beelined over to Angel and done that? I don't know, right? Um, but I think as a coach, I would kind of like try to say, hey, we don't need to do the extra. Like she already knows they lost. Like yeah, that, that's it on that. Um, and then you well, have you have recruits watching and recruits parents watching that too. And I heard um, after the game, um, you know, in the in the presser, you know, the comments were, I don't know. See, Gabe's gonna get me in trouble, man. <laughs> okay, this is what I heard. This is what I heard Kim say. Okay, Kim Mulkey. She said some some coaches have a problem uh, handling big personalities and players, and I just want ballers. And I I I mean, you want ballers, yeah, but you also want ballers who have, you know, created a level of integrity for the game too. And you don't want that flip back. So you don't want that flip back. And kudos to LSU for winning the title. To come out of nowhere and not playing a tough schedule early in the, in the you know, prior to the SEC part, portion of the season, getting dominated by South Carolina, you know, in the SEC competition and then um, facing a team like Iowa. I get it. I get it. And so I'm not taking anything away from what they've done. I'm just saying from my view, uh, my opinion, um, however much it matters to anybody who's still <laughs> listening to Bond. But for me, I'm like, man, if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm coaching and I'm, uh, you know, I don't know if I, I, am going to say, I just want you to ball. <laughs> I don't want to say that. I want you to be a good student. I don't want you to have a, a one point, whatever GPA. I want you to be diligent in that. I want you to crush it in the NIL world. I want you to you know, become the woman that I know you could be um, and not just these four years as a baller, but in 10, 20 years when you're not balling anymore, let's let your, let's let your character um, hold you in a place of, of integrity and respect. Um, well, so I think and, and, it's, bigger, it's bigger than I don't care about their personalities and I just want them to play ball and win titles. I just don't think you should minimize it to that. It should be about everything else that they can be and, and who they can become as as strong, powerful, passionate, fiery young women who respect each other. Right. It has yeah. to be some level. And, and, I, and yeah. I know you said you would be living for the moment if she ran over and did it. LeBron ran over and did that. I get it. I get that. I get that. I get that. Um, but as a as a like as Don Staley said, a dream merchant. Right. Um, I mean, part of that dream is who they become later in life and and what's what should be permissible and, and what should not be. And as a parent, that's my kid. I don't know what I would say um, to that, because I don't think any of my kids would do that, number one, because I think. And I'm not saying not my Sally. Um, no, just not my, great. Not your, my, your kids are not like that. I've met them there. <laughs> They're just not like that. that. Who, who knows? They might be. I don't know. But if they did do something like that, man, I either way, right? Either um, to my teammate, Gabe, if you're my teammate and I go like that, like, hey, man, I've got 41. I'm like out here hooping. And I'm, I'm in this moment, you know, going over to the bench for a timeout. And the camera catches me doing it, right? If that's the context of it, I think it's just different. 
than running over in a, a moment of loss for an opponent in a game like that. So and and go and seek somebody out and be you know in my ring, baby. Like I, so, as Caitlin's teammate. I don't know. So if if I'm Caitlin's teammate. Angel Reese is 1,000% catching an elbow there. There's not a question in my mind. <laughs> There's not a question in my mind about what's going to happen. You can do all that. That's why I would go run and save her. That's what I'm talking about. The if, if I'm an, oppo if I'm an opponent. Ugly. But well, then no, that, becomes, but that becomes what, what the story yeah. is of the game, which it almost has become, right? Which yeah. it almost has become. The trash talking has overtaken the tactical beauty of what yeah. happened in that game with LSU winning. It became, you know, who was right in that moment. And I'm like, dang, it shouldn't be about that because that's always been present in women's basketball. So stop saying it just how, oh, it's about time there. They've talked trash. They talked trash for a year. Like, stop it. Like, Ever. stop trying Ever. to create like this all of the sudden situation uh, of women playing with passion. Stop it. It's been there. And stop trying to create this narrative that it's a brand new thing. And it's so good right now for women's basketball. You just have more people watching. And this has always been the case. So stop playing with me in my face and saying that this is a, a new deal. This is not a new deal at all. And, and thank God there wasn't a bench clearing situation because that would have overtaken even what we're talking about now. Well, <laughs> you like, oh, how about that fight? Look, Those women oh, look, were you know, just like, come you on. Know, yeah, I, I don't Play think you game. It's just and next, next time. Shake a hand. Like, get out of here. Shake a hand. You do it. You do whatever you want. My my point is the regulation system is, oh, you're gonna do that. I'm gonna elbow you directly in the ribs on the next time down. And you want to start a fight? You can start a fight. But that was a response. You did that. I'm gonna hit you so hard in the ribs that you're gonna lose your breath. And if they kick me out this game, I don't care. We're gonna lose. So like, I mean, to me, that is the regulation system. And like, so if Angel wants to do that, then do it. Just understand that some other teams are not gonna be quite as. Uh, understanding as Iowa there you go because some other teams gonna come up and they're not gonna take too kindly to it so yeah. I think that's the regulation system is like hey you can do whatever you want just know that and, and this is the thing and this is right. the thing with this there's a couple more years for Angel Reese to get her come up for that situation and yeah. she at some point it's gonna happen that someone's gonna beat her and they're gonna go right up to her face and go and we'll see how she responds to it right? that's why you just don't do it because that but, karma, man, is like is something look, else. I ain't going to tell someone not to do it. I'm going to tell someone to experience the consequences of your action. You didn't have to there? Great. Consequences always come around. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, I don't think, personally, like, to me, like, again, I don't have, I don't have a major problem with what the angel did. I mean, I, I would tell her, like, hey, that was a little extra. That was too much. Like, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think what you said after the game was, like, respectful. To, you know, she was very respectful of Caitlin. Like, she was yeah. not, like dismissive no. of her and i think that's the way you know you have respect for your opponents outside the lines which is the first thing i said was like right but and, and i think the mulkey comment you know to to a certain extent you know that's kind of what i expect from kim mulkey um not that she is not she's the most entertaining person i think she, i was around i mean that she entire. spoke her mind too i mean that's her opinion well and who knows what she's doing behind the scenes right because i feel yes. like it's with Angel in particular, you know, we, we know how Bre we know Brenda is um, a demanding coach in terms of everything you do, right? You have to do things the right way. Um, and so with well, Brenda Freeze at Maryland. Yes. And so we know that strategy did not work out for Angel Reese, right? So if you're a coach and, and Mulkey is one of the smartest, you're going to say, hey, right now, I cannot say anything that is 
that is not going to be supportive of this player because if not, I'm going to lose her. So who knows what was said behind the scenes or I mean, personally, I'm going to guess Mulkey was all about it, but who knows what was said about behind the scenes if Mulkey did go up to her at some point and say, Hey, you know what? Like, I didn't really love that. You know, maybe that works a lot better than her saying, Oh, you know, we, we talked about it and it was wrong or whatever, whatever. Like, right. I think to me, there was an opportunity there that they could have taken um, to discuss it. Also, you know, I want you, I want to get your thoughts on what I just said, um, but yeah. we're at 122. So I don't think we can do the WNBA draft in the transfer portal. In this oh, podcast. we got to do it different. We can, we can, we can do the we'll, transfer we'll, portal. We'll figure it out. We'll talk about it after, but we do need to wrap up soon. I got you. And I'm just going to tag, you know, like you said that if you were Kim Mulkey, you would say something to Angel about that being extra. If you were Lisa Bluter, would you say something to Caitlin about her being extra? Depends. Depends on the situation. Okay. I don't like, I don't like when you, like, I don't care about like, again, this to your, to your team is fine. If someone's talking to you, fine. Um, I think there's a difference between that and like really showing up your opponent, but Caitlin's done that too in the past. I mean, the video that I posted on, on, on YouTube that y'all can go see the hate comments on is her in Nebraska and she hears booze and she's like, give me the booze. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, maybe some people may, may think that's extra too. And maybe it was, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I asked it's the, it's context dependent, as you mentioned at the beginning, it's context dependent. And I think in the national championship game too, your emotions, you have a longer leash to let your emotions get the better of you. Yeah. Uh, I just think you have a longer leash. So yeah, maybe I don't say anything if I'm Angel Reese's coach either. Maybe I don't, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say anything to Caitlin about, about her stuff either. So maybe I don't say anything if I'm, if I'm uh, Angel's mm-hmm. coach and just, Trust and believe that when it comes back around, because this game always comes back around and I don't care who yours, it, it's going to come back on Angel. That's, that's when I want to see your response. To me and as a coach, yeah. I want to see your response in that situation. Right. And that's that's all I'm saying. You know, that's all I'm saying. You know, uh, let both of these, these passionate women live, okay, mm-hmm. um, within who they are, not in a comparative moment that's all i'm saying that's my point like stop and and people who have never watched the game like people i hear on the radio like you don't even watch women like you haven't even seen them play this year until that moment or you saw a clip you didn't even watch the game so let's make sure that we are considering the source on who is um saying these opinions about the moment um and and stick with us here on court christine gave uh, we've been we, criticizing Angel all year. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, we've been, you know, we've been on here. Good for her. I'm happy for her. Uh, but we've also talked to people about it. We've had discussions with people who are basketball oriented 24 seven, like we are. Right. Um, and we're able to, you know, form our opinions based on, on that, uh, as well as our basketball experience. So, um, that's just my opinion. I mean, I'm always going to be for passion. I'm always going to be for fire, especially for women. Um, standing in their true, genuine selves. I'm always going to be for that. I'm always going to be for that. So um, don't get that twisted. But what I'm not going to be for is um, um, trying to create some infighting between um, between women who have the same kind of fire in the belly. Don't do that to us, okay? Um, let us be free. Get them in the WWE ring, like the Cavenders. <laughs> Another thing we got to talk about in the next podcast. <laughs> we are not doing the WWE, but we will go to Paris and we will say that, hey, we're going to Paris for the South Carolina Notre Dame game, yeah? Someone fly us out. Hey, we're going. Neil, Neil we're Ivy, I know you got the budget. Get flued out. <laughs> go. I'll, ga- I'll game plan. I'll help game plan. Christy Let's, and I will help game plan. Go. Just get us out there. 
we're going to be on the Champs-Élysées. Courtside with Christy Game on the Champs-Élysées, honey. Yes. And in the fall, we're going to get flued out <laughs> to Paris. Okay, oh on that God. note, we're, we're going. All right, we're out of here. We don't have to go home, but we got to get out of here. Uh, they're cutting the lights out on us here on Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. We have so much more to discuss. We took all this time with just the Final Four alone. We have the Transfer Portal and the WNBA Draft to dissect as well. For my guy, Gabe Ibrahim, I'm Christy Winter-Scott, and we will see you next time.